Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast. Yay, welcome Hi. back. Glad to be back, my friend. Yep, yep. And uh, how was your week? Uh, what week? I don't <laughs> remember. It's, everything went by so fast, man. It's, you know, you're going to soon find this to be true as you, you know, go into your second retirement that you don't know what day it is half the time, <laughs> you know, and uh, I've been busy kind of just working around the house, you know, doing stuff. I I sent you a picture of um, of a table that I brought back from yes. our house in, uh, in, in Florida. Yes. So I've been I've been stripping it and I'm down to basically I've got it all taken care. Of. It's been sanded. I've been the uh, painted the legs. Thing looks pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Now all I have to do is reassemble it tomorrow and it's good to go when we head back down to Florida this fall. So I've been doing that, you know, messing around with the yard. I love being outside washing cars and cutting grass. Man, you can't ask anything better than that. Yeah, I get my daily run in. You know, I get my daily lift in, right, so right. I, I'm busy all the time. How about you, man? That is fantastic. Hey, um, before the coming on air, we were talking, man. I'm down to like less than 30 days, man, as I transition uh, into being like you, man. I, you know, like want to be like Mike. I want to be like you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so getting to that point where we're going to transition um, uh, second retirement, so under 30 days. Uh, but I've just been relaxing, you know, going to work, wrapping up some projects, uh, doing knowledge transfer to uh, to the folks that are going to be left filling in my role. So I've been doing some things, you know, around the house, whatnot, getting ready or some projects uh, we want to do this summer when uh, when the weather starts getting better. So got the, the lawn aeration coming up and we'll be turning the sprinklers back on here in a couple of weeks. So it's all good, man. It's uh, it's all good. That's all I can say say man it's it's fantastic great time to be alive man <laughs> that's right that's right I'm, I'm i'm gonna be 65 and hopefully alive in september <laughs> hey that's all right man i've it, already it i've a... already met with my medicare advisor all right as soon as i get my medicare car i'm 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 pulling the plug i'm shooting to join in with the the other 65 year olds and older so <laughs> I can't wait for that as well. I tell you, man, it is wild. You know, it, it's uh, you know, we were talking, man. I was I was chatting with my mom today because my um, my brother Rico he turned the big six zero yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Saw he that on Facebook. Big six zero. So uh, my mom's like, I can't believe y'all are all this old. <laughs> I said, <laughs> can we? You know, <laughs> you're, you're like, man, I'm gonna be sixty five, and it's like, man, weren't we just Weren't we just in our 20s? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, uh, time, man. Time is and, sweet, man. You know, it is such a blessing to have your mom and dad still there, still around, man, and and yeah. look like it seems like they're doing well. They are. And, you yeah. know, you got you got brothers and sisters and nephews and kids that yeah. has grown up with uh, great-grandparents. Is not mean great-grandparents, but grandparents – that are awesome, like uh, Mr. Charles and, and uh, Miss Norma Jean and so on, and and all your uncles and cousins that are down in E-Town. Just such a blessing, man. Just it such is, a blessing. It is, man. It, it Probably is not a whole lot of drama going on there, you know, and so on. 
but that's 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 just great. That's, it's good to hear that you know and pass pass our love on to uh, Mr. Charles and and uh, Miss Norma Jean when you get get the opportunity, man. Will do, my friend. Will do. Will do. <laughs> so what do we got on tap tonight, my brother? Oh well, let's see. Uh, Second Amendment. Second Amendment. Uh, Second Amendment or the uh, use of the Second Amendment. That's the the evil use of the Second Amendment. Uh, We've got a couple memorials that we want to talk about. And I think that's that's. Yeah, that's yeah. enough to cover us because there's a lot of Second Amendment stuff that's wow. been out there. This, this Tell past me about week. it. Tell me so, about um, it. I'll let you, I'll let you start things off and we'll we'll huh? go from there. How about it? Yeah, let's let's start it off. You said the Second Amendment or or the the misuse of the Second Amendment, how we want to phrase <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about in the midst of the trial of uh, Derek Shaven uh, going on uh, for the murder of uh, George Floyd, we had another shooting in Minnesota, and uh, very 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 shocking. Um, the cops, Minnesota cops. Uh, killed a young 20-year-old man. I think his name is Dante Wright. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you saw the saw the video of what happened, man, I mean, it it, it was like it was sickening, man. I, I just it it's I could only watch it one time uh, because it just it makes you sick. It made you sick to watch this man to where you know this officer. Um, who had been on the force for almost 30 years, 26 years, and, you know, accidentally, so they said, uh, shot Mr. Wright thinking her gun was a taser. And everybody's like, and, you know, my wife and I are like, and probably you and Lynn are the same thing, is like, how the hell do you confuse a gun with a taser when they're supposed to be on opposite sides of your body? Right. If you are right, if your strong hand is your right hand, that's where your gun is. If you're left hand, that's your weak side. The taser's on the other side. So how do you get the com- two confused? And this young man had it basically had his life snuffed out. And the reason they pulled him over, man, was straight up BS because his tags were expired. And and I told Cynthia, man, my wife was like, how many people do we see here in Colorado Springs riding around all the time? I've seen people with January tags on their car, February tags on their car. We all know around the country, man, DMVs are behind because of COVID. So this could have been handled a lot better than pulling this guy over, ratcheting up the reason why you pulled this guy over. And it wasn't just the expired tags. Now you got to look for something else. And then you find out, oh, this guy's got a warrant out on him. So it just escalated into a situation that could have been avoided. If it's about the expired tags, give the guy a warning, send him on his way. But now this young man is dead because you can't tell the difference between a gun and a taser. Uh, Didn't really fly with me and it didn't fly with a whole bunch of other folks because if you're right handed, that is your strong hand. That is the side your gun is on. And your weak side is where the taser is. And apparently... Uh, there was a witness, a relative of Mr. Wright, who supposedly saw what was going on because he was in the car behind. And according to his testimony, that when the officer got out of the car, she already had her hand on her gun. 
So uh, it, it doesn't make sense, man. Um, and the fact they pulled him over for expired tags. I mean, really? DMVs are backed up all around the country. And I've seen people here in Colorado Springs, as I'm sure you have in Indianapolis, people riding around with January tags on their car, February <laughs> or not, because DMVs are backed up. Yeah. So if that's the reason you're pulling Mr. Wright over, hey, brother, you got expired tags. You're aware of that. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hey, have a nice day just to let you know and let the guy go. But now he's dead. And the family is grieving because you've killed this young man, snuffed out his life, took took away uh, his young son, uh, now had, does not have a father. So uh, it's, it's another black man gunned down in the streets of this country for a reason that just does not fly, man. And so it pisses you off is what it does. Fortunately, she's been arrested. She's been charged with manslaughter, which is another joke because you murdered this kid and young man. He's not a kid. He's a young man. You murdered this young man. And so manslaughter is is, is the charge you come up with. I just it's it's disgusting, man. Uh, your thoughts. I, I, I'm conflicted on on this thing. Um, and here's why. I, th- I think it's possible that she could have mistakenly done that. I-, I can see that, you know, in the in the heat of the moment or whatever, you know, I-, I can see that happening. However, I think the problem is is that police officers assume that every stop is going to go bad, so they're they're hyped up. And when you're when you're thinking something bad is going to happen, there are several officers there already. She pulls up. And so in her mind, this is just me thinking, you know, something bad is going on. Okay, so therefore, she's not thinking in the terms of, you know, where my taser is or whatever. Something bad is happening because this preconceived idea that when there's a stop and there's a black person or or brown person it's going to go bad so you you lose your awareness of what's going on i can see that happening okay however and, and the other thing is that you know once she pulled the trigger and shot him she immediately said oh shit i shot him you know, she knew that she screwed up right then and there. She knew it. Okay. And so um, she, she, you know, the next day she, she did the thing where, okay, I'm going to resign because I know that I'm, I'm in deep shit. And in order for me to save my pension, I've been in this the police force for 26 years. I've been in, been there long enough to retire. In order to save my pension, in order to save about $300,000 maybe or so, then I'm going to resign. Now, to be honest, Wayne, I would have done the same thing. You know, because that's, I'm not saying what she did is right, but in order to save my pension, I would do that, too. I don't know about you, but if you get fired, you lose that. OK, mm-hmm. so I mean, that's true. I mean, in the in the, in our school, I'm on the school board. 
if a person gets fired from teaching, they lose their pension, they lose everything. And school boards, if if they know that someone's really screwed up, they have to fire them anyway. They'll say, okay, we'll let you retire so you can keep your pension. That's what she did. And a lot of people are criticizing that, but I would have done that too. Okay. Uh, here's, here's another example of, of that. I'm, I'm going to get back to your original question is that several years ago, many, probably a couple decades ago, we had a custodian at our high school that was going through and st- when we went to football games away from our stadium, this custodian would come through and he would go through the kids' locker because the kids, you know, they wouldn't leave their stuff locked. Right. And they were still, he was stealing money from these kids. And so I set up a, a video camera in the coach's office and literally taped this guy going through lockers. And we in you know we had a and we had a Marion County Sheriff that was in hiding in the shower in the coach's office. Wow. I had this I had this camera. I had a whole bunch of practice jerseys over it, so all you could do is see the lens, and he had to look for the lens to see it. And so this cop caught the guy going through our pockets. He was actually going through the coach's pocket, going through my pockets as well, and our clothes that were left over because you know we just wore shorts to the games. Right. Right. And so caught him, he resigned before school started the next Monday, and he was able to keep his pension. Okay? That's what she did. Okay? That's a smart thing to do. Now, back to her. She was wrong. She should have known where her taser... She's a training officer. She was a training officer. She taught under class or uh, new recruits how to use these things. Okay. But in the heat of a moment, she lost her friggin' mind. I'm, I'm just, that's an, ex- that's what I'm saying myself. She fucked up. Okay. Now, and I've said this before, I feel that city governments across the country need to make police officers take out insurance policies for malpractice, negligence, and that way you save the city money. And you put a deductible on there like $80,000. You make them take out a 2 or $10 million uh, um, insurance policy, and the deductible is like $80,000, $85,000. That'll make these cops, that'll make these police officers maybe think before they start pulling triggers because they know immediately there's going to be $80,000 that's going to come out of their pocket. And the city is going to be off the hook for $10, $12 million or, or, or what was it in Minnesota? $27 million. Yeah. $12 million in Louisville. So these cities are paying these astronomical uh, payments because of police officers' neglect, stupidity, and and other uh, uh, stupid acts. Okay? Now, once again, she was wrong. She shot the kid, the, the young man. All right? 
he, I think his girlfriend was in the car. Yep, girlfriend was in the car. In yep. the car, and he, you know, he he drove a little bit, and he he of course lost, you know, lost consciousness or whatever, and and ended up dying at, at the scene there. Okay, but the problem is, is that police officers, some police officers, you know, they they are more hype now in this situation that we're in across the country. Okay, more intense uh, because, you know, they are under intense scrutiny and they should be. So those that's my thought. Uh, she needs to pay. Manslaughter is. I wouldn't say she she killed the kid, and that's what manslaughter is. But I don't. I, this is just me. I don't think she intentionally premeditated killed the kid. Shit mm-hmm. just happened, and in an instant she she screwed up, shot the kid. Now the kid's dead. His parents, his sister, they're not ever going to see the kid again. She needs to pay for that. It's yeah. my thoughts. Yeah. Well, that that comes back to I think isn't there a bill? Isn't there a or a, yeah, bill? Isn't there a bill before I think the House has passed it? Uh, maybe the Senate is next to look at that qualified immunity. Yes. That would um, force the principal into what you're talking about. It would remove that and force you know, hey, uh, police departments. Now you're going to be probably liable if you commit an act kill somebody, whether it's acts or whatever. Now, the principle you just talked about, that would come into play if qualified immunity uh, was struck down and there is none anymore. So That's correct. I think I think the House has may have passed that right. or it's being considered in the House. But I agree, man. If, if, if you if you put a little something uh, on somebody's plate to maybe think, uh, maybe have them think to be a bit more responsible, maybe you'd see a bunch of these shootings go down in this country involving police and unarmed citizens, primarily black men, uh, black and brown people. And you mentioned, man, you know, cops are more hyped up. It seems they're more hyped up when it comes to black and brown men. I mean, Absolutely. what is that? Are are we that much of a threat to them? I, I don't get it, man. I, I don't turn on the TV every night and see cops gunning down white men in the street. I don't see that. And and it's disturbing to me, man. It, it's 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 depressing. Uh, every night it seems like there's an issue with a cop and a black man. And here, uh, the shooting we had uh, in uh, Chicago will transition. Uh, to Adam Toledo, uh, 13-year-old um, Hispanic kid, gunned down by the cops, man. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll let you start with that one. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, from, from, what I, from what I've read and what I've seen and some of the reports and so on, that this, thir- first of all, 13-year-old kid out at 2.30 in the morning, that's an issue, Okay. The other thing is that, you know, in some cities, they've got these uh, microphones that can kind of pinpoint where um, gunshots come from. Right. And so that's what was used in Chicago. So that gave the um, the police an area in which these gunshots um, came from. So that brought them to the area. And then they got body cam footage of this police officer 
chasing down this 13-year-old. And in the process of chasing down this 13-year-old, he either knocks down or tackles the the person, the 21-year-old, that supposedly it would have been firing the shots. Right. So he continues on and he he catches the kid, catches up with the kid, and the kid from what I've heard, the kid was a, supposedly had a gun. Okay. And then the cop told him to stop and show me your hands. He drops the gun. He shows him his hands and then he shoots the kid, you know, once in the chest. And then he gives him, you know, tries to give him CPR or whatever to try to save the kid's life. You know, now that's a little bit different than the Kim Porter, I mean, Potter lady in the fact that, you know, you know, the kid shows his hands for a split second and he shoots him. Once again, hyped up. He's he's chasing somebody. He knocks somebody's down and, you know, it's dark and you know, what he sees doesn't matter. He shoots the kid in the chest. And back to my original thing, you know, maybe he would have t- taken an extra second or so to say that that kid's hands were empty before he pulled that trigger if he knew he had to pay an eighty or $90,000 deductible on a lawsuit for taking that kid's life. That's, yeah. that's just me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the kid was 13. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, someone said there's nothing that ever goes on good after midnight if you're in school. Okay. That is true. But once, once again, you know, here's an unarmed kid. He supposedly had thrown the gun out. We'll have more come out, I guess. And his hands were up. You can see the, the video shows his hands are up. There's nothing in his hands, and he nope. he gets shot in the chest. Nope. You know, nope. and that was in that was in Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's reminiscent of you know what happened with Tamir Rice in Cleveland. Yeah. All the cops roll up on this kid, twelve years old. Twelve years old. Playing in the park with with a with a toy gun because somebody called the police and said, "Oh, there's somebody in the park with a gun." I mean, okay, it's a toy gun. You don't even assess that. You roll up on this kid and shoot him as soon as you get out of the car. This is reminiscent of that. You've been you know chasing this kid. You tell him to turn around and put his hands up. He does, and as soon as he does, you shoot this kid. I mean, I come on, man. I, I it's 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 an issue. They have an issue, and you and people need to you need to follow this, man. And that's what someone needs to ask. A lot of these police departments around the country, what do you have? What is the issue you have with black and brown men in this country as to where? When when there's an issue with the cops and us, a lot of times it's going to turn out bad. It's mm-hmm. going to turn out bad. And I wish somebody would would ask the police chiefs, what do your officers have against black and brown men in this country to where if there is a confrontation, something shows up, it's going to turn bad for someone. And usually that's us. So I, I wish someone would have that summit. And ask that question, like, what what is going on in this country? Yeah, what is yeah. going on? Well, 
Well, uh, well, let's 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 go to Virginia, man. We we hadn't talked about this one. How about how about the uh, the second lieutenant? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Cameron uh, Nazaro. Yes. I mean, yes. I, I I give this brother plenty of props yes. because as you saw that the cops are they're hyped up again and and the man says officer and he he calmly talks the officer right. off yeah. the cliff yeah. he calmly talks the officer from shooting him yeah you know he doesn't raise his voice he does not make sudden moves he goes officer i don't know what this is all about you know uh and the officer tried to get into his vehicle he goes you cannot get into your vehicle you cannot touch me you know with a very calm demeanor right, right. okay it's almost it was passive you know we go back to the slavery times and go back to being passive but that passivity saved his life at that Absolutely. time Absolutely. because he was you know i'm showing and the officers didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He was telling the man, "Put your hands up, get out of the car." And the and 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 the man said, "Hey, officer, I didn't stop when I was supposed to stop because I wanted to be in a lighted area right. Right. so that people could see what's going on." Right. Get out. Take your take your seatbelt off. I can't take my seatbelt off because my hands are up. And if I put my hands down, to, I'm afraid to take my seatbelt off. Right. Because if I take, don't show you my hands, then that may give you an excuse to shoot me saying that I am reaching for a gun or something like that. Right. Right. And then he, he tries to open the door. Then the guy says, I am not getting out of the car. And he tells him to get out, get out, get out. He goes, I'm not unbuckling my safety belt. And then he sprays him with mace or yeah. uh, pepper, pepper spray. spray or something. Yeah. yeah. Sprays the man's eyes, you know. It's and like, then he gets really? him out and gets him down and go through all that. And the 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 calmness of, of this second lieutenant, you know, and, and even the officer who was brown himself, okay, who was minority himself, then the officers, you know, wants to degrading right he goes what are you are you some uh, uh specialist or spec five because i'm a second lieutenant yeah okay yeah. and so i i looked up where this little city was and it's you know west of norfolk yeah. okay out in the rural area so you know you got barney fife type cops <laughs> that are out there in mayberry and they're getting way overhyped with this guy that hey you didn't have show tags and he goes my tag is in the window and he, yep. everybody could see that so yep. that's yep. another one what are you thoughts what are your thoughts yeah, on that man? yeah I, I applaud the brother man because like you say man his passivity passivity saved his life yeah and and he even said you know hey i'm afraid to get out of the car and what did the cop say yeah you should be you should I mean, be I mean, so you you're you're ratcheting up a situation that's already tense, you're ratcheting up. You're the ones that are ratcheting up the situation. And my man, he he did a tremendous job, man, because I truly believe if he had made an attempt to unfasten that seatbelt, we'd probably be talking about another shooting. And again, it was a BS reason for why they pulled this guy over. <laughs> BS reason, man. 
The tags are in the car. Can't you see the damn tags? And you pull this guy over. And it's, and it's crap like that, man. I've had friends out here been pulled over for BS reasons just like that. Well, you know, um, you know, a lot of folks have the, um, you know, the license plate holder that goes around your license plate. Uh, a lot of them are uh, um, they're they're subdued, they're tinted or whatever. And so I had a friend, the cops pulled him over, man. And, and he's like, you know, he's riding down the road. He's doing the speed limit. He's like, I ain't doing nothing wrong. Cops pull him over. And he's asking the guy, what did you pull me over for? And the guy won't tell him. Then another cop shows up. Two cops around my friend, and he's like, what are you pulling me over for? And he's like, well, we can't see your license plate because you've got this holder or something around your license plate. And so my friend's like, really? He's like, tons of people ride around here in College Spring with the same freaking thing on their license plate, and you're pulling me over? He said, well, you know, um, it's not exactly against the law, but – and he's like, then what are you pulling me over for? <laughs> it's I not mean, exactly you against over the for? law. You know, and then I had another friend, man, he's on his way home from work. He's getting off a, a, a swing shift. So he worked from three, getting off at about 11, driving home. He's got his work shirt on, shows which company he works for and a pair of brown blue khakis. That's his work work attire. He's driving home. He's about two or three blocks from his house. Cops pull him over. And same thing. He's like, OK, I know I didn't do nothing wrong. So what are you pulling me over for? Cop comes up to the window. He's already got his hand on his gun. And my friend says, officer, what's going on? And the first thing out of this guy's mouth was, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going home. I, I live about two blocks from here. What are you doing? Where you been? I mean, that kind of foolishness. And it's like, are you doing this on purpose? to get me pissed off so now you have an excuse to shoot me or, or what i mean a lot of this stuff it's ridiculous man and i i don't see it happening to white men in this country i don't see it i'm sure lynn has probably told you cynthia's told me she's like look don't be out there at night don't be going nowhere at night if you got to get gas get your gas in the daytime not that it makes a difference anymore you know but she's like I, I got, you know, I got to worry that my husband's going to leave the house, go somewhere, and I, I don't know if he's coming home. I mean, that's what this has done to black people around this country. It's got you on edge all the time. And we, and we need to find out what the hell do police have against brown and black men in this country? What is your issue? That's what I want. I want these police chiefs have a summit. You need to explain this. What do your officers have against black and brown men in this country? Yep. Yep. Gets yep. me. It gets me a little hot, man. Because because <laughs> it's like I've had friends, you know, just these two friends of mine. man. It's like pulling me over for BS reasons. You know, and you tell me, well, it's not really the law, but wh so what are you pulling me over for? <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not really illegal. Yeah, what are you pulling me over for? Yeah, it's not, not you know? really illegal, but. Yeah, it's not illegal, but. So, okay, if I ain't broke the law, then what are you doing? You know, don't you have something else better to do? Maybe there's somebody out here committing actual crime, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, man, it's it's scary. It is scary, man, for, for brothers around this country, man. And um, you, you just don't know. You don't know, man. And so I applaud the second lieutenant, man. I, 
man, I watched that. I'm like, man, this dude is cool. He didn't raise his voice. He asked for explanations. He, he didn't get the respect that he gave them. He gave them utmost respect, and they treated this guy like crap. So yep. somewhere yeah. down the line, he's had the talk. Oh, absolutely. You could tell. You could tell. <laughs> yeah. You could tell, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's it was it was it was sad to see that. And then, like he said, man, hey, this is this how you treat a vet? Yeah. I mean, is this how you treat a vet? Yeah. And yeah. the one cop says, well, I'm a vet. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't even establish a relationship on that commonality with these fools. Yeah. You know, that that didn't help him. When, man. when, you, so, when they saw him in his army fatigues or, or his his yes fatigues they should if he's if he's a vet he will he should say hey officer i mean you know second lieutenant lieutenant uh how you doing you know right just, right no nah, you know it, it, just yeah. have that conversation yeah didn't even give him that didn't you know? even give him that so that tells me man like you say man some little small town barney fife police department or something like that and you 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 get to be a big guy and treat this guy like crap and it's good thing for them, um, I think that the main guy was fired. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know about his partner, uh, but I know the main guy that the one that was was you know wolf ticket and carrying on selling wolf tickets and carrying he been fired. So it, it's it's people are tired of this man. People and, are tired of this. And and the partner tried to give an excuse after yeah. after I was all over. The partner tried to give an excuse. Well, this is. This is why we pulled you over now. You didn't do this and you didn't do that. And it made us get hyped up about all that. And man, man, I would have said, man, get the hell out of my face. Yeah, you yeah, you know, you yeah. op- opie looking, opie yeah, looking. Yeah, mother. yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, you guys, you guys have treated this guy like crap. And this is the best you, you can say after this is over. Yeah. You know, this guy got to worry about you talking about hyped up. This guy worrying about whether or not you're going to kill him. I mean, if that don't hype you up or make you tense, I don't know what does. So it's it's time for this to stop, man. And uh, I, I wish somebody would call a summit and say, you know, what do your officers across this country? We've seen it time and time again. What do your officers have against black and brown men in this country? I want to know. You Tell know, me. Wayne, a summit's not going to do any good because the problem is that we don't have a national uniformed uh, set of standards and protocols for police officers. You know, every county has their own way of doing things. Every city has their own way of doing things. Every state has their own way of doing things. I, I look at Indianapolis, okay, or Indiana. You have the state police. They have their own rules and regulations. They have their own protocols. Then you have the county sheriffs in every county. All 92 counties got a county sheriff. Yeah. And then you have the regular city police. They all have their own protocols and so on. So a summit's not going to do any good because you're thinking about, you know, 16,000 officers or chiefs of police or whatever, mayors, that's going to be there. There needs to be a uniform uh, set of rules that's going to govern that. Yeah. Okay. And which, of course, it's not going to happen because, you know, the the uh, 10th Amendment to the Constitution gives states certain rights. 
Okay. But, you know, if they want to push it, they can push it and, you know, come up with a set of uniform ways of training and apprehending and dealing with people, you know, just on the, on the, you know, on, on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, I think it's, isn't that an initiative that uh, the Biden administration has been talking about is is a nationwide set of police standards. I think yes. that's something they've been talking about. I think yep. I heard the vice president talk about that. Yep. Uh, a standard for policing across the country. I mean, we need something, man, because this is getting old. It is it's, getting old. It's getting not going to go anywhere because, you know, our friend from Kentucky, he's not going to he's not going to allow anything to get through the Senate, even if it does pass the House, you know, it's just not going to happen because he's going he's just like he was in 20, uh, 2009 when the Obama administration tried to get something accomplished yeah. and they, he's just saying no. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, there are some people that's, that are congressmen or congresswomen that are just going to say no to whatever whatever goes on yeah, period it's yeah it's and this is something yeah unfortunately this is something that goes on and on and on and on so on on top of talking about what's happening uh in minneapolis which was another shooting and in chicago yeah okay and then we had this situation in virginia now there's a shooting in austin today yeah. Yep. And then right here in Indianapolis, there's a, a mass shooting uh, out on the west side of the city at the FedEx building. Right in your backyard. Right in the backyard. And, and you know, not growing up in Indiana, you know, they're supposed to have, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes. I know you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your hospitality? You know, that's right, right. that's the that's the code word is code word of, you know, this is white man's land and this is how things are supposed to be. You know, think of June Cleaver and Father's Knows Best and Patty Duke and all those shows back in those days. Well, that's how Indiana is, you know, and nothing like that would happen in Indiana. And then, bam, you know, uh, within the last 48 hours, okay, there's uh, uh, a guy that went into FedEx and, and killed eight people, wounded nine, and then took his, took his own life, you know? And so, and, and the thing here, Wayne, is that nothing was said. There was a shooting that went on at FedEx, and then there was radio silence for at least 36, almost 48 hours. You know, radio, there was a shooting that went on. They didn't know anything about anything. They didn't, they didn't talk about anything. They didn't say anything except, you know, um, there was a shooting that went on. Eight people were killed. And then as they, more reporters started to bring some of these things out, and the, and the people that were in the FedEx started talking about it, it comes to talk about this, uh, uh, this kid. His name is Brandon Scott Hole. And he, most of the people that he killed were were Sikhs. Yeah. Uh, they were of the religion of uh, of Sikh, which is a kind of a combination of Hindu and 
Buddhism and, uh, and Muslims, basically a combination of both. Uh, so they're not saying it was racially motivated. You know, the kid had mental issues. Uh, the kid had been red flagged, meaning that he was crazy enough. And there is a red flag law in the state of Indiana mm. that when someone has mental issues because his parents literally came out and apologized and said, this is a kid that went the wrong way. Okay. And they brought the police in and took his shotgun. He had like a 410 shotgun, you know, a few years ago. They took it away from him because of a red flag laws. Okay. Then he goes and buys two AR-15s within the last year or so. And he uses the ARs to go and kill these people at the FedEx facilities. And I was, I was, we were on the air earlier, and I was, I was saying that, you know, when they said, finally gave his name, I told Lynn, I said, I know that name, Brandon Hole. I mean, H-O-L-E, I mean, how many people with that name? <laughs> so I'm like, I know that name. And come to find out that he went through the school district in which that I'm on the school board of right now. And I'm not sure if he graduated from the two high, one of the two high schools that's in our school district. But if he graduated in 2018, hell, I probably could have shaken his hand and said, congratulations, you graduated from Southport High School. Wow. That's a possibility that could have happened. I don't know if it did or not, but... Um, one of Lynn's uh, colleagues, she goes out to dinner with a couple of uh, elementary school teachers, and um, she said that uh, one of her colleagues that they go out to dinner with had him in the second grade. Wow. That kid in the second grade. And <laughs> she sent a picture. Because, you know, elementary school teachers, they keep every damn school right. picture. They've <laughs> right. got every damn picture from every class she had when she taught third grade, second grade, first grade. She can tell you all of it. She and this this one lady sent his picture and she had it highlighted, circled. And that was him. It was just uh -huh. that he was he looked exactly the same, except he was older. Wow. Uh, but once again, mass shootings, you know, takes place. Right here in the Hoosier State, Hoosier Hospitality. Okay, uh, that's some hospitality that's going on right there. Oh. And so, you know, we've had mass shootings in the past 24 hours. We had, we've had, we had uh, four sets of mass shootings across the country. Yep, yep. It's an embarrassment, man. I think Biden said that. It's a national embarrassment, man, that, that I mean, people are that mad about whatever— and here's my thing, man. If you want to be mad, we all get mad about whatever. We all get mad. These people, instead of like, you know what, deal with your madness, man. Don't bring your crap to my doorstep. But what do they do? I'm mad. So then they go kill up a bunch of other people that like, they have nothing to do with why you're mad. Yeah. And then you take the coward's way out and kill yourself. 
it's like I, it's I, I am sick of America, man. I truly am. I'm sick of America, man, and all the bullshit that goes on in this country that we just oh well, you know, he's got problems and you know, it's like people are dead. People are dying because some knucklehead is mad about something. And these people have nothing to do with what you're mad about. Deal with it yourself. Or better yet, you know what? You're mad. You ain't feeling up to part of that about whatever. Then just kill yourself and do be done with it. <laughs> Don't bring this into people's place of business, whatever. Leave other people out of it. You're pissed off. You're mad. Kill yourself and get it over with. <laughs> That's my thing, man. It may be harsh, but it's like I'm sick of these people, man. We got people right now, the dude that shot up um, the theater, here in, in Denver several mm-hmm. years ago, he's still sitting around, man, because, well, we got to see if he's mentally capable of standing trial. Really? Get rid of this guy. <laughs> Hell, that guy, guy, that guy, he looked crazy. He I mean, looked like, like he looked like the Joker. <laughs> right. It's like, don't, don't be using, well, we don't know if he's mentally stable to stand trial. He was smart enough to prop that door open to the back <laughs> yeah. of the theater plan this all out people coming out on a friday night to enjoy themselves they worked all week they want to go to a movie enjoy themselves relax but you're smart enough to prop that door open stage all these weapons in the theater and then senselessly kill people you're not stupid okay and then you're still sitting around the taxpayers paying for your ass to sit in jails like get rid of these people man I'm, I am fed up with, with this country and how we treat people that it's perfectly fine for you to go into a place and, you know, you're perfectly sane to go in some place and shoot up a bunch of a building and kill a bunch of people. You're smart enough to do that. But when it comes for you to face the music, oh, well, we don't know if he's be mentally capable to do that. Uh, no, I'm not buying that. Not buying that. Get rid of you, man. You have no social significance. Get rid of you. That's just him, my opinion, man. Let him I've, ride the lightning. I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. And this this FedEx shoot, it's it's ridiculous. It is an embarrassment to this country that, you know, we're supposed to be the exciting example to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world is looking at us like, what the hell is wrong with yeah. you people? Yeah. That you can't deal with your own problems. You got to go kill a bunch of innocent people that have nothing to do with the issue that you're pissed off about. So uh, excuse me for ratcheting up a little bit, but I'm sick of these people, man. Sick of them. Sick of them. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) And we'll hear about something else again next week. So it'll be something else, man. It was so gun crazy and we can't do anything to take away the guns or anything like that. So, and that that's, that's the other lie that's being perpetrated by the gun lobby and whatnot that these people want to take your guns. Don't nobody want to take your damn guns. What people are saying is, look, there is a thing called being Gun responsibility. That's all people are saying. You, The Second Amendment is not going anywhere. No one is coming into your house to take your guns. Unless Beto O'Rourke. You know, Beto O'Rourke was like, hell yeah, we're coming to take your guns. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but that's not it, man. People are just saying, look, there is responsibility to gun ownership. 
And we got to take these AR-15s out of the hands of people that, quote, are mentally unstable. I'm doing my air quotes here. You can't see it. (laughs) Unstable. All we're saying is, look, we don't need these weapons on the street that these people are able to get to and commit these mass shootings, man. Responsible gun owners who hunt whatever and have weapons if they feel they need to defend their home and defend their family. I'm all I'm good with that, man. I have friends who have guns. They have them because, hey, they work late. Their wives are at home. Their family's home. They want to be able to protect their family. I'm good with that. I have no issue with that. I have an issue with these people. And it's usually an AR-15 that somebody's got. And they've killed a bunch of people because they're pissed off about something. That's what we need to combat. And we need to put legislation in place to ban these type of weapons from getting into the hands of people that don't need them. That's my take. They were they were banned before, yes. from 1994 until uh, when did George Bush take over? Yeah, I think it was was it 2001? Somewhere in the early 2000s. The yeah, 2001. Lapsed. Yeah, the assault ban lapsed. Yep. And uh, it's like, okay, uh, what's the issue? We did it. We did it before. But something's got to be done. This is another issue. Something has to be done about these mass shootings, man. And because now you're you're afraid to go anywhere. We are literally us black folks. We 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 scared for other reasons. Everybody's like, man, do I go to church? Do I go to the grocery store? Do I go pick up my package at the post office? Because you don't know whether or not some knucklehead who's pissed off today is going to walk in while you're in there minding your own business, doing your own thing and decide, well, you know, and I'm mad today. So guess what? I'm killing you and I'm going to take care of myself, too. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, you know what? If you wake up and you're pissed off today and you feel like today's the day I'm going to then just kill yourself and be done with it, man. Leave innocent people out of it. That's my thing, man. Don't bring innocent people into your foolishness. Yeah, I agree, man. I yeah. agree. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Let's, <laughs> we're going to transition, folks. We're going to transition. What We're going to transition into, my friend. Let's, let's talk about it for a sec. Well, I think we've got a couple of um, memorials that we want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Um, one is uh, we're talking about famous Hoosiers. And one is a guy that was responsible for stealing our money. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's talk about him first. What are your thoughts on the death of Ponzi scheme entrepreneur Bernie Madoff? Well, you know, I. You know, I I don't want to sound callous, man, but it's like, okay, fine. (laughs) I mean, I mean, and you, you, you defrauded, man, people, you took advantage of people and people had saved thinking they're going to go into another stage of their lives and they've planned for this and whatnot. And you defrauded these people. And there are probably a lot of people right now who had planned to be like you or I, you know, they were like, hey. These are my golden years. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go enjoy my grandkids. I'm going to go travel. I'm do. Now, a lot of these people, man, are probably still working because this fool stole their money. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm sorry. I don't feel you're dead. Okay. Whatever. You know, you died in prison, which is where your ass needed to be. 
And but you took advantage of people, man. And you had it. You 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 divide. You devised this scheme to literally defraud people, and you did it to a scale. It was unthinkable the amount of money that you defrauded people from. So I don't I don't feel any sadness, man. That uh, Bernie Madoff is no longer with us. That may be <laughs> callous, but it's like when you when you take advantage of people. And, you know, people worked hard, man, for all their lives. They worked hard. They scrimped. They saved. They've done this or that. And they're planning to do A, B, C, D. And when they go to do that, they find out, where's my money? (laughs) I mean, where's my money? And they put their trust in you and you took advantage of that. So I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you, man. Part of me says, you know, good riddance, man. Good riddance. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if a lot of those people ever got any of that money back. Um, I I thought years ago there might have been some some way to re- recompense uh, some of those folks that he took advantage of. I don't know if that was true or not. But I mean, come on, man. You you killed a lot of people's dreams by taking advantage of them. So yep. those are my thoughts. Your thoughts. He made off with a lot of folks' money. <laughs> and he, he, he he made up his bed in prison. Yeah. And he's one person that they made an example of that they need to continue to do. Yeah. If you commit crimes, you're going to do the time. And I know there are some folks that are out there right now that, you know, They've been given the golden they've been given the golden chain of release, you know, because of the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So, you know, he's got some things coming down the pipe and we'll see what happens there. So I'm not missing Bernie, you know, and um, once again, you know, a lot of people's life dreams were gone because of what he did. Yeah. You know. You put trust in them, and you think that you're uh, gonna have the uh, a way of being able to enjoy your golden years, and that's all gone. Yeah. So I would be pretty pissed off. I would have found a way of trying to get my hands around his throat if I was close by, oh, for sure. Absolutely. So that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, and they always say, man, karma is a bitch. <laughs> yes, sir. And a lot of these people that you know, have done their little dirty work and were pardoned by the previous occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We may not live to see it, but they're going to get their comeuppance, too. And uh, so at some point, life will catch up to you. And it caught up with Bernie here uh, earlier this week. And so, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. So, uh, no, I do not feel any remorse, man. Unfortunately, no, I'm not going there. (laughs) So, <laughs> yes, sir. Not going there. So, all right. What's yeah. the last memorial you want to talk about? Uh, the next person we want to talk about uh, is uh, a gentleman from your neck of the woods. Not that you, like you say, you weren't born in Indiana, but but you know of this gentleman. And uh, I came to know this gentleman uh, back in the days of the old ABA. ABA, yes, sir. Uh, the ABA, the American Basketball Association. We had the Kentucky Colonels. And right up the road were the Indiana Pacers. And they were coached by a colorful guy named Bobby Slick Leonard. <laughs> yes, sir. Boom, baby. Yeah. Uh, 
Bobby <laughs> Slick Leonard. Slick Leonard, man, he was uh, Indiana basketball. Uh, you know, he uh, very colorful guy. In the, I mean, in the ABA days, everybody was colorful. But there was something about Slick Leonard, man, that um, he was the ABA and, uh, you know, guided the Pacers to two ABA titles uh, mm-hmm. during his run. But uh, just a really uh, lovable kind of guy, classy guy. Uh, you know, represented professional basketball well. So he passed away this week. Um, your thoughts on uh, Mr. Slick Leonard, man? Yeah, I didn't know much of Slick except, you know, once we were talking, you were talking about the ABA and him being the um, the coach of the Pacers and the Pacers and the Colonels always had some hell of a yep. battles with, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you think about Indiana University, Kentucky University, you think yeah. of Dan Issel playing for UK, and then you've got Indiana University. Bobby Leonard was, you know, famous for sinking the last two free throws to win the 1953 uh, NCAA uh, championship. Yeah, yeah. And here's something else that a lot of people don't realize is that uh, one of the stars for UK that ended up with the Colonels was Louis Dampier. Yep who was from Southport High School, which is in the school district in which I teach. And he came back just uh, last year, and they hung a banner up oh, wow. in, South, in Southport's field house with Louis Dampier. He's, he's kind of gotten away from, you know, uh, Indianapolis a little bit. So the Pacers and the Colonels, you know, they battled all the time. You know, Artis Gilmore and, you know, my yep. wife, my wife, Lynn, used to babysit for Artis Gilmore, oh, wow. his, his kids <laughs> and so on. So Dan Issel, Artis Gilmore, Louis Damper, Louis yep. Dampier and Darnell Hillman for the Darnell uh, Hillman. Pacers. Yep. And uh, I think was McGinnis on that team. Uh, George uh, McGinnis was on some McGinnis. of those Indiana teams, uh, as was. Uh, oh, gosh, uh, I can't think of the. They all had big froze back then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Darnell Hillman, George uh, McGinnis. Uh, uh, Brown. Uh, yeah. I can't uh, think of his name. Was it, uh, was it, was it, it wasn't downtown Freddie Brown. Downtown Freddie Brown. Was it Freddie yes, Brown? Sir. Yeah. Yes, downtown sir. Downtown <laughs> Freddie Brown. And, uh, and they also had uh, Rick Mount. Rick Mount played yep. on some of those Pacer yep. teams. He was a big time star at uh, Purdue University. Purdue, yep. From Lebanon, Indiana. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I remember, man, we used to, uh, if you remember, you probably remember well, man, you'd go up to uh, Freedom Hall and watch a high school game. Yep. And you pay the admission to get in, and you also got the ABA game after the high yes, school sir. game was over. So yes, we saw, saw a lot of those Indiana Pacer-Kentucky Colonel games back in the day, man. Yeah, hell, I met Wilt Chamberlain in, in the locker room because we were playing before yep. the uh, – who was he the coach of at the Played time? Played for – San Diego. Uh, San Diego Cues, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So me and Curtis and – I think Lon Galvin was the manager, yeah, and somebody yeah. else was walking into the back into the uh, locker room, and he was sitting with his back to us as we walked in, and he stood up, <laughs> seven foot, and he goes, "Can I help you, boys? Uh, uh, how you doing, Mr. Chamberlain? Uh, I think we're in the wrong locker room." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. Those man. were the days, and Bobby Those Slick Leonard ended up. Being the announcer for the uh, Pacers, yeah, yeah, doing the um, doing the well, 
that the Reggie Miller, Miller era. Yeah, he was yeah. he was the main announcer, and I think yeah. he announced until just a few years ago, yeah. less than a yeah. decade ago. Yeah, he's the one that you know Reggie would hit those threes, and he would say, "Boom, baby!" Yeah, yeah. And uh, that those Pacer teams with uh, Rick Smiths and and the uh, um, oh gosh, they had Rick Smiths, Rick Smiths, Reggie Miller, Reggie, uh, Mark yeah. Jackson. Yep. That, they had Detlef Shrimp in there yes, yeah. one time. Chris Mullins. Yep. Uh, Anthony. Uh, weren't the uh, what were the name? They the were Daniel. They were, the, yeah. Yep. The yep. Daniel's yeah, boys or something yeah, like that. I can't. Yeah. The Davis boys. The Davis boys. Yeah. Davis boys. They were in yeah. there, and then uh, later on, uh, <laughs> oh God, Ron Artest came up yeah. there, and. Uh, yeah. Jalen uh, Rose was yeah. a pacer for a minute. Yeah. So those are those are some times, man. Those are some yeah. times. I I remember getting into an arg not a not an argument. Well, when I first got to Indianapolis, and this was 1987, I think it was, and the Pacers drafted Reggie Miller. Well. Steve Alford was the all-American boy, of course, yeah. from Indiana. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby Knight. And uh, I was sitting at lunch at, you know, it was at, at lunch. Uh, and they said, did you hear about the NBA draft? I said, yeah. I said, the uh, Pacers took Reggie Miller. And this one teacher, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's, he's still teaching there today. He should have retired a long time ago. I said, man, Reggie Miller is... Gonna is a much better pick than Steve Alford because Steve Alford couldn't score unless somebody gave him about three thousand right. picks. That's right. You know he couldn't shoot the ball with nope. somebody on him. Nope. And this guy stood up and pointed his finger at me. Steve Alford's a better player than Reggie Miller will ever be. Well, let's see who got the last laugh on that. <laughs> That's right. I think Steve Alford spent three years in the NBA before yeah. they let his ass go, and Reggie yeah. Miller spent a, a lifetime in the lifetime NBA. Pacer, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Steve, yeah. I, I mean, anybody that knew anything about hoops could see, man, Steve Alford cannot create his own shot. Yes, sir. And uh, he was not going to score unless somebody set him up for, like you say, came off a dozen picks or whatever, but he could not <laughs> create his own shot. And so, you know, that was back in the day, man, when they were hyping certain people, you know, for the NBA because, you know, they needed they needed a great white hope, man, for the NBA. That's the bottom line. They got Larry, they got Larry Bird, you know. Yeah, he, he was nobody, it. nobody, I mean, Larry Bird, Bird was, was the was a real deal. deal. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Larry Bird was the real deal. But some of the guys that came after Steve Offord, nah, they tried to they tried to make Bobby Hurley that guy. That didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've tried to do this, and now the way they combated that is they bring in a lot of the European players. Right. And uh, who a lot of and be honest, a lot of the European players they're fundamentally sound when it comes to basic basketball fundamentals. They are sound. Yep. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, Reggie Miller, man, uh, Mr. Pacer, Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, Slick Leonard called a lot of those games, man, during that era. So, you know, rest in peace to uh, Slick Leonard, man, Bobby sir. Slick Leonard. Bobby rest Slick in Leonard, peace. guys, age 88. Yes, yep. sir. 88. He's going to be 
going to be missed for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Great guy. And, uh, yeah. So one, one more man to mention, we were talking about this before he came on the air. You, you knew of this gentleman, but you, you know, you didn't follow him that much. Black Rob Platt passed uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, 51 years old rapper uh, back in the, I think it was the late nineties, early 2000 Black Rob was a rapper on the bad boy label. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a hit back in, I think, in the early 2000s it was called Whoa. You can go out there on, on iTunes Music, check it out. I, I It's in my library. I used to play it all the time because it was one of the hot tracks at the time. But uh, yeah. unfortunately, he passed uh, after a long illness. And people are saying now, you know, that, uh, you know, he was he was down on his luck a little bit. And uh, the hip hop community, some people within the hip hop community, uh, didn't come out and try to give him help uh, when they saw that he needed help. So that's a thing that's swirling around. I saw it on social media before we came on the air. But unfortunately, man, another loss for the hip hop community. We had DMX last week, Black yeah. Rob this week. So uh, speaking of DMX, his memorial is going to be April the 24th at the Barclays Center, man. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be April 24th at the Barclays Center. Um, you know, still, I'm still been listening to DMX off and on through the <laughs> week. And, uh, DMX was one of a kind. I, 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 man, I just, it's a shame, man, that he just couldn't get his life together. So, yeah. But yeah, he will be memorialized uh, next weekend at the Barclays Center. Uh, I'm not sure how many people they're going to let in or whatnot. But um, again, another loss for the hip hop community, man, with uh, Black Rob passing. So rest in power, rest in peace uh, to Black Rob. So yes, sir. Any other closing comments tonight, my brother? I tell you what, this has been a week. I hope, hopefully, I pray that next week will be better. Um, I, I, I know that you're getting uh, next week, you'll get a little bit closer to, uh, uh, retirement part two. Absolutely. And, um, uh, hell, we're just, uh, hanging in here, man. Just wanting things to get better. You know, yep. the nation needs to, the nation needs to get better. The nation you know? does. We yep. do. And we need to we need, heal. We, we need, need healing. Yep. Yes. We yeah, need, need a reality check. We need healing, and we just need to somehow get get together. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, you you would think COVID would do that, but uh, it's not. It's not doing that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's, not, it's it's it's. This is another quick tangent. COVID is literally taking the country apart further. Yeah. Because some fools. Or saying that they're never going to take the virus, you're never going to take the vaccine or whatnot. And, you know, Lynn and I were talking, the last thought, Lynn and I were talking today and I went, you know, 43% of Republicans say they're never going to take the virus, never going to take the vaccine. I keep saying virus. <laughs> and I look at it this way, say, okay, if you think that black folks and brown folks are taking over, going to take over, Keep not taking the vaccine because yeah. you're just going to expedite y'all being kicked the hell out of here. Yeah. OK, the more yeah. of you that's going to die from it, if everybody else is taking the damn vaccine and they're not having too many issues or whatnot, then you're just expediting your fall from grace. Yeah. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. You know, so go ahead. Don't take yeah. it. Yeah. Don't take it. No. You have yeah. my permission not to take it. Yeah. So your foolish asses can possibly come down with COVID. 
Yeah. I don't want you to. I may not want you to die, but there's going to be some repercussions. Oh, because of that. Absolutely. So, you know, absolutely. I want everybody to take the vaccine so we can get back to a normal way of life. And if yeah. foolish people saying they don't want to do it, then they can be foolish all they want. Yeah. I, as 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 uh, Cynthia and I said, okay, you don't want to take the vaccine? That's fine and dandy. But when you get sick, I ain't treating your ass. <laughs> I'm not treating you. I'm not treating you. That I mean, I know hospitals, you know, doctors, they have to take the Hippocratic Oath. They can't do that. But it serves you right. You don't want to do what's necessary for the rest of us. And we'll never get to herd immunity if you, 43% of you dumbasses, don't want to take the vaccine. We're never going to get to herd immunity to where we can get back to normal. Yep. So, you know what? Be stupid. Don't take the vaccine. But the minute you get sick, don't be knocking on my hospital door. <laughs> don't be knocking on my hospital door. Uh-uh. Yeah. So that's that's my thoughts on that, man. But, yeah, we, we need healing. We need restoration. Uh, our country is in a bad shape for so many different reasons, man. And uh, I hope we can get there. I hope we can yep. get there at some point. So, I agree, brother. All righty. All right, man. This has been a long one. Not yeah. bad, though. I know you got to get off of here and get on another one. Yeah, so. good, good dialogue is always good, man. Yes, That's sir. And like you say, we say it like we see it. So tonight, we, like we, we, we said a lot that we saw. <laughs> <laughs> And next week, I hopefully we don't have to say too much, but you, know, you never know how the world is. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, in the words of my broken Italiano, I must say, Chiliamo dopo arrivederci, ciao bella. And I will say in the words of the great King T'Challa, Wakanda forever. And like three strikes. We're out. We're out. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.